this is Talking Sea, your weekly supply of the dark side, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Welcome, everybody. My name is Josh Roach. I'm Sean Sullivan. And I'm Josh Timkey. And today is Sunday, August 4th. There are 137 days left until Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Oh. close boys we're getting very close not close enough but pretty close yeah 137 days we're we're at the point right now where like the hype is like my hype is starting to build but like the actual hype hasn't like they haven't even really started kicking off marketing this this thing yet when's that gonna uh, happen though? better than uh the han solo movie yeah really terrible uh, <laughs> um oh. Uh, well, they're having Triple Force Friday this year. When's the date for Triple that? Triple Force Friday. That sounds like a special at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want the Triple Force Friday, honey? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> Dax's Diner, yeah, Triple Force Friday. October 4th, Triple Force Friday will be held on October 4th, 2019. We'll feature merchandise uh, for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, the TV series The Mandalorian, and the video game Star Wars The Fallen Order. So all the merch is kicking off that day for the three different things. Ooh. So October, I think we're going to hit high gear. That's when... All right, so if we follow everything before, normally at this point we would have already had the behind-the-scenes reel at uh, Comic-Con, but right. we didn't have a Star Wars panel at for Episode 9 at Comic-Con. We didn't get that, but D23 is at the end of this month. Um, and we know Star Wars is going to have a presence there. Mandalorians uh, definitely going to have a presence on a the panel there. Maybe they'll officially release the trailer for the Mandalorian that we've all seen bootlegged. <laughs> that'll be a, a real surprise for yeah, um, <laughs> so i think i think we'll get i think we'll get the behind the scenes reel and then september october i want to be surprised if on triple force friday or like right before it to make people aware triple force friday is when they drop the trailer trailer i could see that i mean they're uh, at some point they will just kick into high gear and it'll be all hands on deck and it'll be awesome yeah, at some point, there's going to be so many TV spots, we're going to be like, I, I don't want to see anymore. So. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, that's how it's been with me, like, for the but, past, for for The Force Awakens and for The Last Jedi, it was kind of, like, dry, and then all of a sudden, like, the last, like, couple of weeks, it's like there was a new uh, TV spot, like, every other, like, every week. And it's just like, I, I just don't want to see any more footage. I'm, I'm at the point where my hype has reached maximum, and I just want to be surprised by the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, you want nothing spoiled. I mean, the good thing is it's not like a lot of modern – I mean, they're not going to do it how it is like a lot of modern movies where they'll like spoil the whole plot of the movie in the trailer. And you're like, oh, why do I have to see the movie anymore? Right. I, don't, I don't think – it'll be a lot of vague like things that were like, oh, that looks cool, but what does it all mean together, right? Which is good because – 
we want to be surprised. I would almost prefer it to be like Rogue One, where ninety percent of what was in Rogue One wasn't actually the Rogue One trailer wasn't actually in the movie. Well, did they reshoot ninety percent of uh, this the Star Wars movie too? Or <laughs> nope. Uh, nope, I don't think so. The the reshoots are actually happening like right now. I think really. That, what does that mean? There's probably not a lot to reshoot, or not nearly as much as some of the other. Oh yeah, no. Recent Star Wars reshoots. movies. I mean, there's reshoots for everything. Every high budget, you know, uh, Hollywood movie has reshoots. So, right, right. That's good. So, how was your guys' uh, week in Star Wars? Do anything uh, exciting? Nope. <laughs> 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 Just being honest. Not, not really. Last week, I was pretty busy. So. Yeah, well, earlier today, I was walking down uh, John Williams Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I assume it's named after the real John Williams. That's, that was the big, that's my big thing this week. Not the popular door-to-door charlatan John Williams, <laughs> who we all know. And Howard Williams. Bill Williams. <laughs> Bill, Bill Williamson. And they just <laughs> Williamson. Yeah. So how how was the street though? I mean, was there anything noteworthy on the street? Um, it was next to like this new, I don't know, park thing that was set up for kids. And I don't know for some reason, my wife and mother in law wanted to go walk around it, so we did. It was fine if you're a kid or have kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds exciting. Oh yeah, cool. Um, there's nothing. Look at cool. all the. Look at all the jungle gyms. And there wasn't any, like, you know, tauntaun, like, one of those, like, you know, those, like, horse things you ride at the park that would, like, go back and forth? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Like yeah, or, like, a, a Jaws thing or a Jurassic Park reference or a Harry Potter reference or most any successful franchise in the past 50 years reference that John Williams scored. Yeah, other than the street, I didn't pick up any, any good <laughs> references. <laughs> That's the lamest. Th- that's the lamest thing I've ever heard. That's crazy how much Sean Williams has been involved in. The highlight of my whole week was the lamest thing Sean ever heard. <laughs> this gives you uh, this gives you an insight into Tim Q's Tim Q's life. Just yeah, this is the best thing that's happened to me all week. Well, that's the lamest thing. I mean, to be honest, like the lamest thing that I've ever heard <laughs> is still more Star Wars noteworthy than my past week. So. I guess I have no room to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Timkey, how are you coming along on our uh, uh, our betting uh, our betting table and everything for uh, the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, I forgot all about that. Uh, you got to get on that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot we talked about that. Yeah, I haven't done anything. <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, yeah. Nothing. Uh, are we are we going to open polls to see what good betting questions are? Or is it just on me to create everything? Yeah, I think oh, should, it's on you. <laughs> no, I think we should post. Uh, we should just collect some and like post them out there and uh, out on some of the like the celebration sites and stuff like that, or just pull people right. Get some but good do you, ideas. Do you think I should just make a whole bunch of individual posts for like everything we want to do, or should we make like a link? Because uh, I use this program called uh, Kahoot. Sean, I'm, your wife probably uses it in school. Kahoot, yeah, yeah. Um, where you can, yeah. uh, you know, you can just like make like a different survey or whatever, and we could put yeah. all the questions on there and then like post that maybe to a couple of the Star Wars sites. Yes, 
same thing you can do like google sheets or whatever there's like survey gizmo and survey monkey or whatever there's a lot of different ways yeah 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 so i'm thinking yeah so i'm thinking maybe like 10 to 20 questions something like that something anybody could quickly go through um a bunch of answers that are not open-ended so the the answers will be um yes no maybe something like that and a maybe will just be worth zero points you don't win you don't lose it's just the, the cop out and then you can say um, yes to a question or no to a question but then we had this idea of scaling like if you're really confident in your answer you can put your own point value behind it hmm. or so maybe you can, we you can bet more well yeah like, exactly like what we were saying was like what we talked about i think was like uh do you think there's going to be forest lightning in the movie yes okay and then who do you think is going to use it you can name like who you think's going to use it Oh, that's right. That's right. We, we had avenues for being more specific. Hmm. Yeah, but then, but then if you say no, it's hard to be more specific. Well, Nobody yeah. uses it. That's the end of it. Hedging your bet, like that's what, I don't know. So, so I guess, I guess, but if you get more specific, then you have to risk like the initial or something, right? I mean, if you get, why would you not be more specific? If you the whole thing, yeah. If you're, if you're not risking anything, right? Yeah. So you could say yes. I think there's going to be force lightning. And then if yeah, the op- you have you have an option. That, uh, to yeah, but you say that Darth Plagueis is going to do it, and then Darth Plagueis <laughs> isn't in the movie, and he doesn't use force lightning. Then you just lose all your points for that. Is that what you're saying? You could lose sure. your points. Yeah, something like that. If you're, yeah, if you if you sure. correctly say yes and refuse to specify then maybe you get three points but if you correctly say yes and you correctly predict who it is maybe that's eight points but if you correctly say yes but incorrectly predict who maybe you lose those eight points you get a negative eight added to your score something like that hmm. something along those lines yes that'll be good yeah 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 see see i'll have to think about the numbers and such but <laughs> uh before before that all gets set up uh, we, we need, need to the think questions. about what good questions are. Yeah, we need the questions. So maybe that's a good thing for our next uh, our next podcast is we can, you know, solicit some some questions from the listeners, hmm. along yeah. with us thinking some or just posting some out there. But if anybody else has any good ones, that would be a good idea. Just yeah, yes I'm... or no questions. Will such and such a thing happen? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys see the? Uh, uh, there's been there was some some news this week about uh, another. Episode nine um, theory, or well, somebody saying that somewhere along the lines, it's been leaked that there's going to be red star destroyers in episode nine. <laughs> That's a lot of effort just to dye something red, man. That is a lot of paint. Like that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know if it's like powder coat paint or like what kind of paint they're using. Maybe they just have this huge like galactic hanger that just goes through and like paint just shoots out. It's a, I think it's like an intergalactic kegger. <laughs> rip, R.I.P. <laughs> rip, rip. Or yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Rip, rip. <laughs> no, all right. So red star destroyers. I mean. Yeah. There's a little more to it. I'm, there it is. Here it is. Here it is. I'm, let me share my screen with you guys. Is this, is this all from a legitimate source that sounds like. Yeah, I saw a picture of a red star destroyer. And it, yeah, it had like the, the central sphere and it, it, it was pretty hollow. Yeah, that's the picture I saw. Ah, ah. So this comes from the Art of the Force Awakens book. And as we know, most things in Star Wars don't really like they reuse and recycle ideas all the time. And especially with this one being back to JJ, this is something that JJ it looks like was looking into 
And the theory they're saying is these spheres here, it's like, it looks like almost like the shape of like a super class, a superstar destroyer, like Vader's uh, executor. And then like, it's hollowed out almost in the middle. And then there's like a, a sphere. And Maybe they could call it like the sphere of fear or the death <laughs> or the death. Well, there's two of them. So they could be the deathicles. The deathicles. Yeah. That's what they're saying is uh, these might be like miniature um, death star type technology. So maybe they can't destroy a whole planet, but they can do the kind of like catastrophic damage like the Death Star did when firing with one whatever, when they did in Rogue One, when they just like blew a hole in in the planet. Right. What would you guys think about that? Or even just enough to take out an ordinary Star Destroyer um, style ship. Right. One blast. Yeah, Yeah, the Death Star was blasting the Moncal ships at the Battle of uh, Endor and just just totally blasting through their shields and taking them out. Yeah, that's so kind of what the, I was thinking. So it's the sphere that allows for this like extreme power generation. That's the idea behind it. Yeah, it's the sphere. It's like a mini Death Star kind of like housing the Death Star gun. Death seed or something. The death seeds. <laughs> with your yeah, they're your death fingers. <laughs> death sticks. I, I don't know. Looks seem looks cool. So you I wouldn't mind. That's uh, we know we're getting the red Sith troopers. You think that this is their right. uh, this is their ride? Could be. So I totally guess, could be. So who who's whose idea was it to just go all red? Like who who's pushing this whole red theme? Chevelle. I mean, in the it, not 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 thematically. I mean, like who is it? Kylo? Is it who's who's pushing this whole red thing? I I don't know. Uh, so that's kind of the question, like. So we see the Sith troopers and the first thing we're wondering is where do their loyalties lie and wherever their loyalties lie, that's pretty much where uh, whoever's pushing it. Um, Rumor has it that uh, it's Palpatine. Palpatine is somehow in control of these red troopers there or they've been activated with like another contingency plan. Some part of Palpatine's plan is finally like kicked into gear 30 some odd years later and they show up on the scene and start uh, making things happen to bring Palpatine back. They just start sheaving it up. (laughs) Right. Sheaving it up like crazy. That that sounds, that could be, that could be, I can see that. Possible. It's possible. What do you think, Tim? Do you you think it's, uh, do you think these Sith troopers and the red ships and stuff, do you think it's uh, like a Palpatine thing or do you think it's like Kylo? He's like kind of, just he thinks red's more dramatic so he wants uh, more red yeah yeah as 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 much as i recall i mean i haven't seen the movies in a while but uh he idolized vader of course but he did he ever really identify very much with the sith order well so he says in the last jedi you know forget it all ray when he's asking ray to come with him he's like the jedi the sith you know the first order the resistance whatever let's do our own thing but yeah i mean he identified with vader i don't know right right i kind of like the idea that you put forward that maybe this is some kind of contingency that palpatine had put into place because we know one way or another palpatine is going to have some influence if not he's going to be back directly and as much of a schemer as he was he had to have some kind of plan for what should happen in the event of his assassination or demise right 
I think like Hannah put forward before, I don't think he cares what happens after he dies if he's not coming back. Like if he doesn't have a plan to come back, he just doesn't. Right. And, and and I don't think it's Kylo. I mean, so Kylo, I, my feeling is I don't think Kylo is the type of guy who like is all about the Sith, right? I don't think he's like wants to follow the Sith order. There can only be two that whole spiel, but I can see him like wanting to learn and draw from their power or whatever, but yeah. not, but not like I'm a Sith, right? Yeah. And, and here's a question too. Um, what, what means would he have just on his own? Right. Palpatine could build those kinds of things because he was ruling the galaxy for a while. But Kylo has always just been like he was training to be a Jedi for a while. He wouldn't have any kind of influence to build those types of ships or gain any kind of uh, following of that many people to man them. Um, And when he joined the First Order, like, would he be able to have amassed that amount of resources? Well, I mean... I guess it just goes back to Snoke and his story. And I mean, obviously, all right. So in the force awakens, um, between return of the Jedi and the force awakens, the, the remnants of the empire signed a treaty. Masamita, you guys know who Masamita is, right? The, uh, yeah, the guy with the big horns, Uh, (laughs) according to a prior, a prior, uh, conversation Casey and I had on the podcast, that's who Casey would be if he were in the star Wars galaxy. (laughs) <laughs> why i was like well he's kind of like the he's kind of like palpatine's producer palpatine's kind of like the director he has a vision masamita makes things happen mm-hmm. so uh that's that's casey for you like the deleted the deleted scene where masamita has like the gecko tongue did you guys ever see that one he's like no, <laughs> no i don't think i did he like shoots this huge tongue out and makes this hissing sound that sounds awesome that's uh, that's Casey for you, but um, no. So it kind of goes back to uh, like they had a treaty that Masamita actually signed because he was like technically in control of the empire after Palpatine died, and he just like uh, barricaded himself up in the Imperial Palace, aka the Jedi Temple. But it allowed the Imperial Remnant to still continue like in the outskirts of the galaxy, but they just weren't supposed to create any new tech. They weren't supposed to. They had they were sanctioned, right? So they were like star wars galaxy un inspectors going in and making sure that the empire wasn't creating any new weapons and they weren't like amassing more than what they were supposed to they had their own little area they were just supposed to police it and that was it and that's why poe in the in the novelization for the force awakens when he gets taken into that ship when he's captured he's looking around like he's stunned because this is all new technology. This is a bigger ship. And then obviously in the last Jedi, we saw that they had even bigger ships. So they have the, they came from like out in the unknown regions. We don't know what's out there. So, I mean, they could have whole supply chains, you know, they obviously do have whole supply chains out there and they have the means, you know, to create these things. And now they've taken over the known galaxy as well. So they could, just roll in and take over whatever shipyards they want to. Yeah, we really don't know how much is behind the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> and it all goes back. It all goes back to Snoke, right? Who is the man? Is it Snoke, or is there somebody behind Snoke? Is it Sheev? There's a bunch of people jumping on to our theory, Sean. Uh, when we watched that uh, a snippet from Vader Immortal, the they, I guess they call him the Black Bishop, which is like the the float the guy. 
the guy that was like masked talking to Vader when they were hitting yeah. that thing or whatever. And we're like, he sounds like Snoke. Yeah. Yeah, he sounds a lot like Snoke. I guess there's a lot of people that think that Snoke was like somehow working with Vader and stuff back in the day. Um, and we talked about this before. Uh, Tim Q, this takes place at Vader's castle where they're trying to unearth like this, some sort of like ancient machine that's supposed to be able to bring people back from the dead. And Vader is still trying to bring Padme back from the dead. Um, and this guy's like talking to him about ultimate power and the power to bring people back from the dead and stuff. But he's like, he's got like these robes on it covers his face. He sounds like Snoke. And then canonically. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Snoke. Yeah. And canonically, Snoke has a ring from that has a stone from underneath Vader's castle. Nope. So the, the the first bit, the guy with the robe, uh, where did you say that was from? Uh, it's called Vader Immortal. It's like the VR video game that just came out not too long ago. It's all canon. Okay. Yeah, I have to watch it. So I'll, I'll show it to you sometime. If you, if you <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it, so I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> oh, if you have 40 minutes. Okay. <laughs> if you have 40 spare minutes sometime, just go on YouTube and watch the gameplay of Vader Immortal. It's basically just like watching a small like i don't know little tv show or something it's pretty cool yeah i haven't played it but i've watched some clips and yeah i'm not about to drop like 600 dollars on that headset just to play uh does does pewdiepie go through and do it watch him play it pewdiepie i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you acted like you did and then no i came clean uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think he he posts videos of himself playing video games online, right? That's that's a, the beginning and the end of what I know about him. There you go. I figured as much. So I guess sounds, sounds legit. So guys, I I went on uh, I went on the interwebs again on Facebook to one of our uh, the Star Wars groups I'm part of, and I asked people, what is the biggest unanswered question in Star Wars? <laughs> so off the top of your guys's heads you have any big questions in star wars canon that you want answered other than who in the besides who snoke is yeah (laughs) because that's like the biggest one who's snow besides who's snoke and why all the red yeah Uh, yeah i've got a question so the whole prophecy of the one business who is the one is it anakin what does it mean to be the one what does it mean to bring balance to the force all of that i think that's all one big question that uh, needs to be resolved still so okay i actually that that was that's my big one too uh the prophecy of the chosen one but more so not even that my my question kind of uh jumps off of that but is what does it mean to bring balance to the force mm-hmm. and when i when i say Sean, what does it mean to you if i say bring balance to the force uh, it's it's, it's up to interpretation, right? I mean, the Jedi look at it one way, a Sith can look at it. I think anybody can look at it however they want. It's just such a, it's, just a, term, it's just a term people say. What does uh, it actually mean? I don't know. I got a small clip to play for you guys here. Here we go. Master Qui Gon. <laughs> With your permission, my master, I've encountered a virgins in the Force. Virgins? Virgins. Oh, Virgins. 
swear. It tells of the highest concentration of midichlorians I have seen in It's possible to Virgin? You refer to the... How is he conceived by virgins? I don't understand. I believe it's this boy. I don't presume to... But you do. With nothing in I request the boy be tested, Master. Oh? Friend is a Jedi's you request for him. Finding him was the will of the Force. I have no doubt of that. Bring him My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. Impossible. The Sith. For a millennia. For a millennia. <laughs> it could have returned without us knowing. All right, so those two clips that are actually, they're part of the same scene. <clears throat> We're talking about, first, they talk about, uh, I actually played them in reverse order. Um, I was a little farther ahead in the video than I thought. But th they say, you know, he was trained in the Jedi arts. Uh, you believe he's a Sith, impossible. The Sith have been extinct for a millennium. So they think the Sith are gone. Mm -hmm. But they're still looking for a chosen one. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> yep. In episode three, Obi-Wan's like, isn't that the prophecy that uh, he will destroy the Sith and bring balance to the Force? That's what the chosen one's supposed to do. But they were actively looking for a chosen one, you know, like the people who believed in the mystics and the prophecies, even though there was no Sith to speak of. So there's got to be... Presumably. More. There's got to be more to this. So there's got to be more to balance than just the chosen one. I have some homework for you guys. You guys ready for some homework? Nope. <laughs> Never Always worked. ready. Uh, so have you guys heard of the Mortis arc? Nope. No. It's uh, it's it's three episodes of the Clone Wars. I'll hook you up with a link to uh, to watch them. Um, watch those three episodes, and then we'll have a conversation next week about the Chosen One and what you and how that changes changes your viewpoint on the Chosen One. Send it over. I'll take a look at it. Um, I think my so to get to your question, Josh about. You know, what, what is like the biggest question for me or what I think the biggest question is, is and, I've, and we, I've talked about it before on previous podcasts, is how much foresight does Palpatine really have? Hmm. That's my like biggest thing that I always wonder. So if you go back to like episode two and the whole Sifo-Dyas thing, and I know like they didn't cover it that much in the movie. I think in the extended universe, it was covered a lot. Like it went in detail about how Sifo-Dyas ordered it and all its, you know, ordered the clones, but I don't know, man. I, I've always like, is Palpatine just like literally seeing into the future or is he just going off a whim and like making smart decisions? Hmm. What's more know. entertaining for you? Um, I don't know. I think it's scarier if he just like sees all this crap and like literally can foresee the future. I think it's not as scary if he's just like some good tactician. Well, I, I think about, um, the dreams Anakin was having, and those were probably put into his brain by Palpatine. But to me, those are the types of things that forced visions might look like. And then I think about uh, Luke in the cave too. Everything was kind of vague that he was seeing. It wasn't literally happening, but that was another vision from the force. So I think what happens is you get 
glimpses and shadows of things that are happening or maybe will happen. And Palpatine is powerful enough to see things and smart enough to kind of put the pieces together and know what they mean. I don't think he's literally watching scenes from the future happen, <laughs> but he just <laughs> kind of has an idea of what needs to transpire in order to move things yeah. towards what he and, wants. It, and I don't think he is. I, I, I don't think he's literally just like, knows every single thing that's going to happen, right? I mean, he would have seen his, his death coming. But I think there's a scale, right, from him having no foresight at all, like literal no force foresight, to him having like perfect foresight of everything. Like where is he on that on that scale? I think he's probably farther ahead than most people. And like they say in episode two, is it episode two where Yoda and Mace Windu are saying like, our powers are really diminished if this all basically happened right under our nose. And one of them says, oh, we should go to the Senate. And Mace Windu says, we have to go to the Senate and tell them that our, you know, our powers to, you know, foresee these things and sense these things has diminished. And Yoda's like, no, if we do that, you know, our, our enemies are going to double. So we don't want to do that. So obviously, I think with their powers diminishing, Palpatine's powers have probably, you know, r- risen and gotten more powerful, you know, the the shroud yeah. dark side has fallen you know like uh, clouds everything <laughs> okay so, so, so palpatine took some serious risks though so like in the beginning of episode three where he allowed himself to get like you know kidnapped and then that whole thing where he was in the ship and dooku was you know, protecting him there was the big fight i mean they could have like not gotten off that right i mean that was a pretty big risk did he? Well, I'll tell you what, I was playing chess the other day with my buddy, and I purposefully sacrificed my queen, and my queen, one of my bishops, and one of my knights. And I all I used really were two, my, two of my castles, two of my rooks, and pinned his king at the end. Uh, I mean, okay. he, I, I sacrificed my most powerful player, and two, you know, pretty powerful players uh, i mean uh, at any point he could have been had his own plan in his back pocket right and it could have just screwed everything up but i mean if you're playing to win the game like palpatine was you're going to take risks right the only thing is he possibly I mean, could have foreseen all that working out for him that's what i'm saying like what if anakin hadn't like been what if they had been lucky enough to like land half a ship but if they just like crashed and burned and died and that was the end like <laughs> Like it was a it was a pretty risky call to think that that was going to happen, man. I just think, yeah, I think he see, I think he but sees a lot of stuff. Going back to the visions and kind of what Tim Q said, um, so you said uh, like the vision Anakin has. Yeah, it, to me, it's vague. Like he sees um, Padme like screaming, right, and then he has to <laughs> put the pieces together. What does that mean? Like it shows us what he's seeing in his nightmare, and it's pretty vague. And I think. Uh, Palpatine kind of pushes him a little bit and, uh, you know, gives him hints about what that nightmare actually means. Or, but, Like, you know what I mean? It just seems kind of, the vision itself seems vague, and then the user has to figure out what it means. So yeah. a lot of people prescribe to the theory that Palpatine actually was um, manipulating and kind of forming those visions of Padme dying and giving them to Anakin. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I even said as much earlier. Those those particular visions were put in his head by Palpatine, I'm sure. But to me, that's 
a representation of what visions of the future probably look like to anyone else. Otherwise, Anakin might be suspicious, you know, where are these things coming from? Right. Okay. So then to go back, Timkey, let's get your, let's get your opinion. Uh, when we had the Sheev Palpatine episode, we talked about, do you think that Palpatine uh, planted the visions and somehow, in, you know, like somehow uh, um, was part of Shami's death? I really wouldn't put it past him because that was a big part of Anakin turning to the dark side. Ultimately, it was Anakin's fear of losing his wife, but he was so scared of losing her because he had lost his mom. Right. He'd been yeah. through it before and he was he was powerless to save his mom and he decided he would not be powerless again. I think we saw that in episode two. Right. That whole. So, not just the women, but the men and the children. Also. And the children too. <laughs> right. He decided that's, that, that's a really spot on impression of anger. <laughs> he decided he would. So, all right, how 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 active of a hand do you think that Palpatine had in that? Then, in, in not his, just the children, but the men and the dogs too. The not cats. just the cats. Not just the women, but the women and the women. I oh. cut a hole in a tent. <laughs> I pitched. I cut a hole in the. I pitched. Cut a hole in the box. And the women. I lured the women into my pitch tent and I killed them. Okay. This is, uh, going, off, this is going off the rails. <laughs> Virgin, you say? <laughs> Where? <laughs> what was the question? You sent some in the hall. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> well, really quick, really quick, how active of a hand do you think that? Palpatine had in Shmi's disappearance. I mean, do you think he he had a direct hand in the the, the Sand People, um, you know, taking Shmi, or do you think he just took advantage of the situation, or he didn't have uh, any? In it? I mean, it was very, very, very convenient to Palpatine's yeah. plan. Ultimately, he wanted to turn Anakin to the dark side. So, uh, uh, you know, of course, I don't know because it's that answer's not answered in canon. But I, I would say probably most likely if i had to guess i'd say yes so so following under that assumption um that palpatine uh manipulated uh the vision of anakin had of his mother dying then he manipulated the vision of padme's death okay what other visions do we have in star wars we have luke's vision of han and leia in a city in the clouds and that was manipulated by Vader. Vader was torturing. He didn't ask Han Solo any questions. He was torturing him just to get Luke's attention, just to draw him in. So that vision was pro- was manipulated. And the vision of Luke in the cave. A lot of people say that that vision was manipulated by Yoda. That Yoda, like... Yoda knew what he was going to see in the cave. That's why he told him not to take his weapons in there. So in that case, every vision that we really know of in the movies uh, has been manipulated. Well, uh, at least in the original, the prequel trilogy. All right. I mean, Ray has a vision in The Force Awakens. Was that manipulated? 
You might not know. We might find that out eventually. If it was manipulated, who do you think it was? Sheev. Sheev. It's you all, it's all Sheev. Sheev. Laughing. You can hear Sheev laughing in that. In that uh, <laughs> what do you think? In Tim? some way, he's coming back or his influence is coming back. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but it it's interesting, like – if not manipulated, that vision was certainly triggered, right? She found the lightsaber and that kicked everything off. It, she wasn't just going to have that vision without, you know, something to bring it about. Yeah, which begs the question, how did the lightsaber get there? But yeah, Sean, I like your, uh, I like your question about how far reaching were Palpatine's, um, Palpatine's machinations and his, his foresight. Um, I've got this for you. Here's a what if question for you guys. All right. It's actually. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> that was loud. Turn <laughs> <laughs> it down a little bit. So this is from uh, our friend over at Star Wars Theory, the uh, YouTube page, and this is a this is a what if. Okay. What if? <laughs> Good, Anakin. Good. Kill. Kill him now. I I shouldn't do it. No, stop. I, I have to tell you something, young Skywalker. What? No. Anakin, you must not be kept alive. Do it. Do it. What are your last words, Dooku? Jeez. Jeez. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was his effect. He has tried to assassinate Senator Amidala countless times and has been playing both parts in the entire war. What? You've gone mad. That's not true. That's impossible. See, it is him. I even have proof, my boy. <laughs> my boy. Anakin, uh, listen to him. He told me about this in episode two. Trust him. <laughs> He's evil. Duke, you took your arm, Anakin. Don't you want revenge? You broke the second wall there. With him right now. No, you haven't seen those visions. I haven't done it. Right, Wolf. Do not always keep it up there. <laughs> so, so do so, noked Palpatine there in the chair. So I, I swear we've talked about that that scenario before. Like, what if he just, what if Dooku would like say, "Oh, I know, he's he, he's Sidious." What? Yeah, Dooku just spills the beans. What what would happen? Do you guys think it would? Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it's another one of the, like that's part of that high risk gamble that like Palpatine just knows that that he's not going to say anything. That is an odd, odd part of that scene that kind of sticks out. Why does Dooku just not say anything and allow himself to be decapitated with no yeah. arguments whatsoever? He looks over at Palpatine like yeah. when he has the <laughs> sabers like to his throat. He like, like, does he think Palpatine's like gonna like force lightning him or something or what? I mean, you would almost expect. Okay, so Sean, if it were if it were you and I or Tim Q for you, you or and I or any of us, right? One of us is the Sith Lord. <laughs> and is also the chancellor and is sitting there and you've constructed this whole thing yourself, you know, you know, 
the two of you constructed this whole like ruse and trap and you get uh, uh, disarmed literally and you're sitting there with the, uh, the <laughs> unhand your lightsabers <laughs> uh, but what do you expect do you expect uh, do you expect your buddy to do like he's a Sith Lord he's he's Palpatine he's Darth Sidious do you expect him just to do just that like he did in the video just blast him I don't know. I, I like. I would have said. I would have said something if I was. If I was him, I would like. Oh, hold on. Like I would have tried to buy more time. There's. There's a lot of time in between. City is saying kill him, and it actually happening. So it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, did they build that into the ruse? Did Palpatine say, "Okay, you're going to lose your hands. I'm going to tell Anakin to kill you, but then I'm going to step in." At that point, like I, I don't know. Like Dooku, he wasn't dumb. At some point, he had to realize. No. Do you think maybe he was just in shock from getting his hands cut off? No. <laughs> he, he was he was fine. I think maybe that's what it is. Like it was just like, oh crap. Like he's one of the master swordsmen of the of the yeah. order he was, and he just got both his hands lopped off. He doesn't look like he's in shock though. He's not like staring off aimlessly in the distance or like freaking yeah. No, come, show, let's see a picture. Can we get can we get a screenshot of what he actually looks like? He might just be in shock because literally that's like what he looks like. He's like Dooku death scene. Let's oh, I'm looking this up. Dooku, okay, he's well, he does look pretty distraught when he's looking at his hands. No, okay. So when he's he's on his knees, he looks scared. Yeah, so so you're saying he was not expecting to be bested in that duel. He got his hands cut off, and he's just so taken off guard that he doesn't know what to make of anything after that. He's just kind of waiting for Palpatine. Yeah. I could almost see that. Just like... Look at him. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so in his mind... He does not look in shock to me. In his mind, so his, his hands get cut off. The plan's completely off the... No idea what's going on. He's powerless. And he's just kind of looking to Palpatine to step in. I, I could almost kind of see that. He's like, okay, we're improving now. Uh, and Palpatine's always, uh, you know, so far, he's foreseen like everything. And I'm just going to, do you think he trusts him at this point then? Or do you think this is just the look of a man who has just realized that he's. I think he's totally just realizing it. Like, I think he's just realizing it. Yeah. yeah. But why wouldn't you say anything if you realize that at that point? I guess you're in shock about that. <laughs> I don't know. Can we just talk about how awesome Christopher Lee is, though? Indeed. Oh, man. Christopher Lee is guy rocks. magnificent. The guy who, like, climbed Mount Vesuvius, like, the week, like, the month before it erupted or something. Didn't he, didn't he front a metal band, too? Yeah. Like, yeah, a, heavy, a heavy metal band? He was the singer? Wasn't, like, a Christmas, like, heavy metal-themed album? <laughs> I don't remember, but, like, some of their songs are pretty sweet. I think I looked into it once it's just like him singing but his voice is so great that it it really really works for that style of music Charlemagne by the sword and the cross is a symphonic metal concept album by actor and singer Christopher Lee in 2010 he was like 90 at that point yeah he's pretty old that guy just rocks rock The picture, the picture on the cover is like him, like wearing a crown, like sitting. It looks like it's Game of Thrones. That's awesome. You gotta find this. So hold on, I'm gonna... Dracula himself. How metal is that? You guys see that? 
Is that it? That was it. That was Charlemagne, Massacre of the Saxons that I was just playing. Um, Jingle Josh, Hell. I got that link. This is Jingle Hell. <laughs> Jingle Hell. <laughs> doesn't sound like Christopher Lee right now. It's like no, it doesn't sound like him at all. Jingle Bell. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually real too. That's the best part. This isn't like <laughs> so like as good as Hulk Hogan's or no uh, Randy Savage. Macho Man, Hulk. Randy Savage. Yeah, be yeah, a man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't really find a part with him actually singing. But uh, what's this? Yeah, Well, okay. So let's see. Christopher, I know there's a quote by Christopher Lee. I'm trying to find it here. Christopher Lee. Um, Wasn't he MI6 or something in World War II? Here we go. All right. Here's, here's, here's the meme, Christopher Lee here. Okay. Chris, Sir Christopher Lee, he was Dracula. He was a Bond villain. He was Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. He was Death. He was Lucifer. He was Count Dooku. He was Saruman. He was <laughs> Lord Summarizal? Uh, I don't know what that's from. He recorded a heavy metal concept album about Charlemagne. He hunted Nazis during World War II. He is part of a secret agent unit called <laughs> Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. By Peter Jackson to imagine how a man being stabbed in the back sounds, he told him he didn't have to imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's fluent in english italian french german and spanish he's moderately proficient in swedish russian and greek and conversational in mandarin chinese so he is like the most interesting man in the world yeah they just copied a lot of that and put it in the commercial basically like that's all fact people that's freaking christopher sir christopher lee yeah amazing so the yeah no he he was not. He would not have been in shock. Is my. Uh, that's what it all boils down to. Is he knew what was going on. So then, why? Why didn't he say anything? Why did he keep his mouth shut? You think just trust? I don't know. He was just you surprised. Trust? I think he was just surprised that he was insidious. You trust that man? No, I wouldn't trust him. You trust that man, Tim Q? Do you trust a man that calls himself Darth Sidious? <laughs> absolutely not i think when he's talking to obi-wan when obi-wan is captured on geonosis i think he was being sincere he was looking for someone to team up with and take the oh, guy yeah. down so i don't think he trusts sidious i don't think he likes sidious uh, you know yeah i mean a lot of people uh, i'm beginning to doesn't think- believe in the cause if he wants to overthrow him you know i, I don't know yeah, yeah that's that like, part me. Course for like every like master apprentice in the cis side though but like I, they're all plotting to like the masters. I think that I think, and I, I, I'm seeing it more and more. You guys, I cannot stress enough. Listen to Dooku, Jedi Lost. Like I said before, it covers like all of Dooku's life, basically, like the first seventy years of Dooku's life, um, from the time he was in the Jedi Temple to when he training was training Master Yoda to when he was training Qui Gon. 
uh, to like his interactions and his friendship with Sifo Diaz and how that is strained. And there's some stuff in there about the clone army. And, Do they explain that the whole situation there? Uh, it's pretty like there, there's still a couple pieces missing, but they've definitely placed more pieces of the puzzle together. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, I really want to do a book review and a story review on the, on the podcast here of Dooku Jedi Lost and Jedi Master and Apprentice. They they tie in perfectly. There's more. There's flashbacks um, in Jedi Master and Apprentice, uh, like several flashbacks of when Qui Gon was being trained by Dooku. Um, Are there things that happen in both books around the same time? Yes. Yep. Mm, that's awesome. And uh, Qui-Gon's, or not Qui-Gon's, uh, Dooku's first apprentice. We find out Dooku had an, one other apprentice before Qui-Gon, Rael Avarost. And he is in both books. Rail? Yeah, Rail. Rail. Virgin! Virgin, you say! No, no, he railed her. <laughs> Where? Uh, no, Rail Avarost. Please calm down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rail Avaros, not a virgin. But um, <laughs> no, uh, guys, it's a dance. Like <laughs> I, I went through Spent time with Kylan. They did. Oh, <laughs> Kylan, a good guy. He is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, now I went through. You guys, I don't know if you'd want to do this uh, listening to it the first time, but I went through Jedi Master and Apprentice the other day in like six hours because I listened to it at like two and a half speed. <laughs> so like super fast. Five speed. Five speed I can get through it in three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would say like two and a, I actually I think it was like two point two and a half was a little too fast. So I put it to like 2.3. Um, <laughs> I was, and they pitch it, they adjust the pitch. So it's 2.21 speed. <laughs> But it's it's just took a reflex. I think it's all the time. But uh, I was talking to Tim Q about it. But uh, we we still have to do that with Casey uh, Tim Q when uh, we were going to record with him uh, the other night. We said that uh, we were just going to talk about that the whole time on the podcast like this. Even when we introduce ourselves, like, oh hey, my name is Josh Roach. Uh, there's a hundred and some odd days until Star Wars, and we were just going to see how long it took Casey to ask why we were talking. Incredibly. So, so sometimes Skype does that though. Like I. I make Skype calls for work all the time. And if you have like latency, it will, you'll hear nothing and then it will compress all of them. And they'll say like, speak really fast. For Try to catch you up seconds. to like live time. Yeah. 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 Tim Q, were you at the Saga Day? Was it Roach's last year? The year before? It was last year, right? Where we sped everything up to like 1.3 or 1.2%. We've <laughs> done it for the last two years. Yeah. Right, two or three. No, no. And I, I, you, you I noticed him nothing like the to first do like that. five minutes. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm you a purist. I'm a purist. I would not have stood for that. Oh, bullone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, I, I mean, literally, we sped it up like. Here's the problem, though, 5%. right? You can't, like, you literally, there's so many movies now, like, you just can't do it. It's not logistically. It doesn't make sense. People hey, aren't going to hey, get there like four in the morning. Is a day still twenty four hours, or is it not? Yeah, but you need to. No, 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 because we would go. Because we, you of all people, are saying you need to sleep, Roach. Others, others. Need to sleep. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you this: no, like honestly, no, for the past I, couple I, saga days that we've 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 done the saga day, and then we went to go see the movie. It's just kind of been miserable for me because. 
It's, well, you like worked before one of them or something. Like yeah, one of them I worked all night. But <laughs> the last couple, I've been so dead tired because you got to wake up early as it is just to watch them all. And I still want to have the experience of like watching the full thing. And that's why we're doing the Roach edit this year. Yeah. That is compressing it down basically to eight hours, which is tolerable. Yeah. I mean, I, right. think we, I think we literally, I think we, we cut about, we didn't cut it out, but by speeding it up by like point zero five percent or whatever it was we gained two hours yeah it was like a whole movie it was pretty nice did, did anyone do the math on this so you did a did, point yeah. a point zero five percent no speed no, 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 no. It, it was more than that it was like a one it was like 1.15 or 1.2 no i think we ended up speeding it up even more than that actually because you and i like we watched it a couple times and we tried to find like where it was where you could actually yeah. start telling yeah uh, I think Tim Q. I think it was actually like closer to five percent. We sped it up. So if you take all the movies, they're average amount to about two hours. We come have- on, math man. What, what is what is? So, <clears throat> so you're yeah. saying? So you're yeah, saying? Let me, let me do the math. Like so, two and a quarter. It's like two and a quarter hours, and that's uh, and then we had seven and then eight movies. So let's just go with seven movies, say. At two and a quarter. So a hundred and what? Thirty-five minutes each. And then what's five per and then times hundred and thirty-five times seven. What's what's let's like what's four percent of that? Times point zero five, nine forty five. Uh, so that'd be like fifty minutes. But I no I feel I feel like yeah. it was more than than five percent though. I feel like it originally, was a little more than that. Originally, you said like 0.5 percent or 0.05 percent. I said point zero. No, I said I said 0.05 speed, meaning 0.05. not not a percentage. 0.05 would be five percent, right? The decimal form of five percent. I yes. thought I heard 0.05 percent. Yeah, I, I, I may have said that, but that's that's okay, in. okay. I was I was, point, I was clarifying. Yeah, because 0.05 percent is what 0.0005. That's nothing. That right. Yeah. Negligible. <laughs> also, I also out, like, it was like, and we gained two hours. Each of the is each of the. Yeah, it was a red flag. For like seven or eight minutes as well. So each credit, yeah. so that's almost an hour between yeah. the fifty. Uh, you know, the fifty minutes just cut out with the the time, and then cutting out the eight minutes itself from the credits. Have you have you talked about the uh, the roach cut on here before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I, I think I've touched on it. Listeners will know that I'm making a special edit for our saga day for this year, and I plan on trying to make it available for people to watch. Probably just going to put it like on my Google Drive. Um, like a couple. Put of, it on the Shenzetic YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that would get flagged. A hundred percent automatically. But, <laughs> Instantly. If I put it on Google Drive for quite a while, I mean, you can have like movies and stuff stored on there. So, and then I can just share the link and make it just like I'm going to make like a separate Google Drive for it um, and just put it on there so people can watch. Because I got a couple other podcasters and people in the community that are interested in watching it. But so there's a couple different versions that could be it, it. It might just be like a very cut down version. Like I've edited episode one from two hours and what, like 10 minutes down to about 40 minutes. Episode two is about 42 minutes. Episode three is like 50 minutes. Um, episode four is like 62 minutes. 
episode five and six are right around 60 minutes. Um, I haven't done episode seven and eight yet. So it might just be like a, a shortened version of all the episodes like that. Or we might have kind of a flashback version going. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's the, the special cut that we're working on, I'm working on right now. So I'm going to have them all edited down. So we're going to have a short version anyway. If I can do this special version where essentially if everything works out, it'll start off uh, Star Wars uh, Episode 4, New Hope that came out in 77. It'll, the story will play all the way up to basically uh, Luke's meeting with Ben Kenobi. And then he will he'll begin to reminisce on you know things that happened and we'll be transported back into the past. We'll see Episodes 1 and 2. We'll come back and rejoin everybody basically, and see the rest of A New Hope. We'll see Empire up to the point. We'll see Empire, I Am Your Father, and then we'll see Jedi up to where Obi-Wan's like, oh, yeah, everything from a certain point of view, or or, I didn't really lie. And then we'll see episode three. We'll see Anakin's fall, and then we'll go back to Return of the Jedi, finish Return of the Jedi, see his redemption. I think it's awesome. I mean, I think it'll just change up the formula that we... You've been going, I mean, yes, it's awesome to watch it from one, two, three, four, five, six, but it's just something we haven't done before. It sounds cool. I think it's a good idea. Tim keeps shaking his head. He's a purist over here. <laughs> we'll have the purist room. I'll be in there all day. <laughs> Tim Q has to get up four hours earlier than the rest of us. Well, how much time do you say you cut up? You think wow. you estimate that it'll be by the end of it? Uh, it's going to be right around like eight and a half hours by the end of it. As opposed to the normal runtime, which is well, a lot. Uh, two, four, I mean, it's about cut in half, right? Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, more than cut in half. Yeah, yeah sixteen hours, something like that. So the problem was, if we do sixteen hours, <laughs> all right. So even if we went to the midnight showing, I mean, then you're, I guess, it would start at. You still have to start around like six. Well, you have the whole two show thing, right? So yeah, we, we even have to get to the movie theater before midnight. So we'll probably go to what, like the ten, like the nine thirty or ten or something. We're trying to get to the uh, nine. eight o'clock showing. All right, so yeah, so we can start watching it at like nine in the morning or something. Yeah, and come which, is, which is perfect. Which yeah. is perfect. But uh, it'll be if if this all goes well, I'm reaching out to a a voice talent to. Um, provide a, a few extra lines for Ben Kenobi, <laughs> kind of uh, narrating the uh, the prequels. Tim Q, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> this guy has already voiced Ben Kenobi canonically, so canonically he's a voice of Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, so I, I always thought. Um, well, I was picturing your your edit would be something that could stand on its own. You wouldn't have to add narration to it to m- have it make sense. <laughs> but okay. I mean, it could. It's, it's your edit. Do it. No, it it can stand on its own. I, I'm basically making it how I'm making it is it will stand on its own, but I can actually I could cut more off and make it even a little shorter if I can get him to narrate it because basically when he starts telling the story like, Oh yeah, you know, your father and I fought together in the clone wars. And I was going to basically have him say, but the story begins before that. <laughs> uh, 
and and basically just be, have him say something like uh it all began when there was a uh, something you know the trade federation and Qui-Gon and I went for uh you know went to do this consultation with the trade federation and we ended up getting chased onto the planet and they attacked us blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah a segue a segue is fine i think yeah, less is more with that it's so like yeah i fought with your dad in the clone wars but that's not when i met him that's enough. right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's what i was gonna like that's uh but that's not the beginning of the story and then it goes back but i was thinking- i would i wouldn't even say that like it, it wouldn't even don't even frame it in terms of story frame it in terms of uh relationships say you know yes i fought well, you want to make that t- i fought, I fought know, with your dad in the clone wars but that's not when i met him just more than that phrase. To make the tim q edit if you want to make the tim q oh, tim q God's sake. here's here's my edit you ready for this ready yeah. ready yeah. for my edit yeah no edit at all i'm a purist <laughs> <laughs> uh so did you guys hear that one of the original uh a screening of the original cut of a new hope was just recently played for out in california and it sold with the orange glow yep with the orange the orange glow with the, with yeah. the vaseline over the speeder. yep the vaseline over, over the land speeder uh han shooting first and only uh yeah it was just screened uh, out in california the original obi-wan scream from yeah, as opposed to the 15 other ones we've had. <laughs> Just for the heck of it, I'm going to try to get this Ben Kenobi voice over guy to uh, do a record a new scream just for the road trip. <laughs> <laughs> we've All got our own Kenobi scream now. Gosh, for, for the I, next, could get, I could get behind that. For the next like podcast... We should, instead of like the regular theme music, we should just have like all those variations of the scream <laughs> overlapped over each other at the same time. <laughs> you have to do your best, Rats Tyrell. <laughs> He's the guy, like, who's the pod raiser who like looks like a little, I don't know, insect that's about to crash yeah. into that like stalactite coming down yeah. from the ceiling. Yeah, right? do your best. Do your best, Rats Tyrell. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's exactly what he says yeah that's what he sounds like he was afraid he was afraid wasn't his like family watching or something when he died yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a deleted scene they're there actually in in the uh the dvd release and the subsequent um releases of episode one from them they are in the actual cut of the movie are, are they, they like sad in my episode oh yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, you, I would if imagine. You, but... If you go to our, if you go to our talking Sith uh, Instagram, you'll see last week's episode. We did a, a character profile or a character, like a canon character spotlight of Rad's Tyrell. And, <laughs> um, on our Instagram, one of the pictures is Rad's Tyrell's family, just like right after. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, uh, getting back to our question that I asked on social media, uh, what are some of your Star Wars questions? I, I'll read a few off to you that uh, the people on Facebook have. Uh, Dale Tarosa asks, why wasn't Luke's last name changed to Lars when he got adopted by Owen and Beru? I don't know. Mm. Now, I guess that would have been Owen and Beru's call, right? Right. Now, uh, Tim Q and I discussed this with Atterbury in the uh, the Lost <clears throat> Sith episode that never was. Um, 
You forgot to hit the record button. Yeah. No, I I have like four seconds of that episode. I have like the first four seconds of us, and then it just like turned off. Terrible. Oh, okay. It turned itself off. Yeah. All right. I don't know if it turned. I probably hit it myself or. Anyway, we Sean, we recorded for like two and a half hours. You put a dead worm into a kind of dead worm. You got out long. We talked when for was two and a half hours. Uh, like what? Three weeks ago. That sucks. Two that weeks. Was more recent. It was more recent than oh, that. It was last week. I was. I think so. It was the day before our last podcast because we got Casey on instead of Atterbury. We, re- we replaced him. Yeah. <laughs> Has Atterbury been on one yet? Uh, the one that never was. The lost one. <laughs> the one that wasn't released because it was wasn't he, recorded. Was he salty about that? Uh, we invited him to come on the next one, but he was already going to bed. Atavizzle Productions. But uh, uh, this came up on that, and uh, Tim Q, do you remember my theory? Or like what I said to this? To to what? I forgot already the question. Why wasn't Luke's last name changed to Lars when he got adopted by Owen and Baru? I don't remember what you said. When does Luke... When do we actually hear the name Luke Skywalker, Sean? Luke! 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 Luke? Luke? Are you talking about... Like- in the movies or like yeah in the movies like chronologically or or by <laughs> every time we hear skywalker luke skywalker uh i don't know it i believe anybody correct me if i'm wrong but i believe it's when he walks into that prison cell he t- she says you're a little short for a stormtrooper he takes off his helmet and says i'm luke skywalker i'm here to rescue you ah uh, okay yeah, so how does he know? Thoughts, right? when, did, when does Luke find out? Well, he probably knew his father's name was Anakin Skywalker, but he just thought he was a uh, you know freighter pilot in the Clone Wars. Well, he just found out from old Ben Kenobi here that he was a Jedi Knight and that now his aunt and uncle are so, dead. Maybe he was going by Luke Lars this whole time, and he just decides to... He's going to be a Jedi like <laughs> Luke Lars. Sounds hey. so terrible. <laughs> so weird. Jedi like his father now. Luke Lars sounds horrible, so I'm just going to go by Luke Skywalker. It's got much better ring to it. Luke Ellen Lars. So, so I think maybe he was like maybe Owen and and Baru were like, uh, you know, wanted him to have some pride in his name and where he came from. They just didn't want to rename him. Right. Well, I mean, so uh, I, I, the reason I like I like the thought of Luke going by Luke Lars up until then is because <laughs> it just sounds so funny. Vader, like, what's to stop Vader from running across that information? Like, if he ever decides to check up on his stepbrother, you know, over there, double L, <laughs> double L, Luke Lars. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So I just looked it up. Luke Lars was a moisture farmer on Tatooine, the father of Owen Lars, and the adopted father <laughs> of Mike of Michael Lars. <laughs> Luke Lars, a moisture farmer on Tatooine, the father of Owen Lars? Owen's, Owen's dad was Luke Lars. <laughs> no, that's Clegg. Clegg who lost his leg. This is what it says. Go, go to Star Wars. Uh, SW fan on dot fandom dot com. Let me send it to you. 
Luke, it's not Clegg. It's that does Luke. not sound like a very reputable place. Go to Star Wars SW no. fan at swfan.net.com. Just got to go to this link. This, this looks pretty legit. From Clegg the Leg Lars. <laughs> Clegg the Leg Lars. He was also the adoptive the father of Michael Lars. This is a bunch of this is a bunch of baloney. Okay, are you looking at it? Uh, I haven't received it yet. It's not letting me click the link uh, in, for some reason. Put it in Zoom. Well, I'll put it on Facebook too. Oh, here we go. SW fan on fandom dot wiki backslash Luke Lars. That is a picture of John Schneider. Isn't that his name? John <laughs> Schneider. Rob Schneider. No, it's a picture <laughs> of oh, what's his name? Duke's a hazard guy. Smallville guy, Randy would know him. Okay, but it looks like I think he's. I think looks Somebody like he's a Star Wars here. Like, this guy's probably got ten billion midi chlorians here. <laughs> that kind of Hold stuff. on, I, I can't find it. What are we? What are you? Luke, let, let, let me read the biography. Luke Lars, born on on Tatooine, <laughs> living on a moisture farm outside of Anchorhead Station. He was a veteran of the Rim Wars, and he carried that burden that accompanied it his life. It sounds pretty legit. He married Ica Lars, and they, oh. had, they had, and the two had a son, Owen. Let no, me just I stop you right that. here. Appearances. <laughs> down at the bottom. Scroll down to the bottom and read me what his first appearance was from, Sean. What are you talking about? Under personal, okay, biography. Star person- Wars Episode One: The Chosen One. <laughs> <laughs> what is Star Wars Episode One: The Chosen One? <laughs> it's uh, Star Wars The Chosen One from it's The Adventures of the Skywalkers written by Brandon Ray it's a fan fiction novel set in an all right all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that fell apart fast no that's why I like the idea of Luke Lars because then Vader couldn't just be like oh I wonder what Owen and Beru are up to over there oh they've got a son named Luke Lars okay so he, he sired his uncle I'm so confused <laughs> this guy was the was essentially Clegg Lars in this guy's uh, fan fiction. I wonder when he wrote this. Do you think it was before episode one? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it was Luke Clegg Lars. <laughs> he just went by Clegg. Nobody's name is Clegg. <laughs> yeah, what kind of a name is Clegg? Luke is a, is a, is a legitimate name. Clegg is like a name he got in high school for like having a Clegger. Or something. I don't know. Dane. <laughs> And that guy drank Clegg a little Clegg. We're gonna call him Clegg. Yeah, Clegg-stan. Clegg-stan. Let me look up Lars here. Clegg <laughs> Lars. Let's see on the actual. Uh, what <laughs> All right. So spell Clegg anyway. C L E G. Yeah. Just Clegg. I feel like there's a I in there somewhere. Clegg. Is it Clegg? I don't know. I thought it was a more of a clog. Clog. Cleeg <laughs> Lars. Here we go. Cleeg Lars was a human man moisture farmer from Tech Queen. So far, pretty much the same. Wait, hold on. Cleeg- Cleeg- Sorry, go ahead. Two, no Michael. Uh, Owen Lars from his first marriage. Yeah, that's his real name. That's just his full his full name. Just Cleeg. Cleeg. The best part. The best. Granny. If, if you go to the Wikipedia page and it like shows his picture, there's a quote on top. And the quote just says, like, this is like his apparently his famous quote. It just says, Legal Lars, Shimi is my wife. 
Yeah, that's his most memorable <laughs> quote. Lee Lars introduces himself to Anakin Skywalker, his stepson. He kind of reminds me of Tim a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> Evidently, he is a very like famous like uh, um, Australian. Moisture actor. farmer? Oh, yeah, okay. Let's see if Legends tells us anything different here. Uh, Klieg's father was a kind human male moisture farmer on Tatooine. Michael. But the young Klieg rebelled against the elder Lars and left Tatooine for the core world of Ator. He married a young woman named Ika. So? Ika. Ika. Another one? Oh. And they had a son, Owen. Ika died during Owen's <laughs> youth. And a devastating Root. This is the exact same story. Uh, only with not John Schneid- Jonathan Schneider playing him or whatever his name is. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. So it says here in this in this canon one, Klieg was born to Greta and Leif Lars. Okay, Leif. L-E-F Lars was a human male on Tatooine. Husband of Greta. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I guess whatever your headcanon is right now for uh, Luke Lars, Luke Lewis Lars. <laughs> so Peter Hawkins asks, was that really Luke's plan to rescue Han from Jabba? So this kind of goes into what you were saying about Palpatine. Do you think Luke had any kind of foresight? I mean, he obviously sent the droids ahead. He had the, he had the hand signal worked out with R2 to shoot him as a lightsaber. Yeah. I w- yeah. He disarmed himself going in. Yeah. He, uh, maybe he did plan to get captured. Well, it looks like he planned to get captured. Do you think he planned to... Do you think he did some, like... How often do you think Jabba was going out to the Sarlacc and feeding him? Was this, like, a weekly thing? Probably. I don't think he was doing it. I think he probably had somebody maintaining the Sarlacc. So when he wanted to have these occasions, he could, you know, do it. How often people that digest everything over a thousand years need to eat? I don't know. I mean, they usually probably just eat things that fall into the Sarlacc, right? Just a bunch of sand, a couple <laughs> banthas here and there. Maybe a crate dragon if you're lucky. Interesting. Hmm. Well. So, yeah, we think that Luke planned all that. I mean, I could see it, I guess. It was pretty meticulous. Yeah, I think he did. I think he, like, but I don't think he foresaw it, though. I think he was just a, he planned it out well. Hmm. Planned what, the Sarlacc details, or? Holy cow. What, what's... You ever seen this? the Sarlacc body? How yeah. specific is this question? Yeah, like, do you, uh, all he says is, was that really Luke's plan to rescue Han from Jabba? Was it, I guess, was it his plan to go get captured and wind up at the Sarlacc pit and uh, surprise everybody by getting his lightsaber from R2. May not the, maybe not the Sarlacc necessarily, but he did give R2 to Jabba. So R2 is roaming around in the background somewhere. So somehow he would have gotten his lightsaber back. Maybe he just thought they'd be put in a prison cell instead of the whole Rancor thing. And he'd get his lightsaber, you know, cut through the iron bars and away they go. I, I think, Sean, tell me if you agree with this, and Tim Key, I think probably more likely that Luke expected C-3PO and R2 to both be present in the throne room. Yeah, that makes sense. And instead of having to pull the blaster from that from from somebody like he does and try right. to get Jabba, 
he expected to be able to have the lightsaber be shot to him and then he could just clean shop like he did anyway on the skiffs but just right there well so this is return of the jedi so he's already in his full-blown jedi mode i don't think he was planning to go in and just murder everybody but maybe he was planning maybe he was planning to have his lightsaber at his disposal and then once he gets that weapon in the throne room that changes the conversation this weapon is his life so it is that was a good one that was a good one um tim q juice dirks who's uh (laughs) some questions before uh this this one this one's for you i think how does artificial gravity work if it's not centrifugal Centrifugal? Centrifugal. So um, one of the main postulates of uh, general relativity, I think, is that if you're in a box, you don't know the difference between a source of gravity and acceleration. So there has to be some kind of acceleration, I guess, if there's going to be any kind of artificial gravity. So you could have something spinning, sort of forcing you to the outside, the centrifugal force, or you could be constantly accelerating the whole time, accelerating linearly, um, I guess, in a straight line, and that would force you to the back of the ship. But if you oriented yourself so that your feet were toward the engines, then you know you would think that's gravity right so you <laughs> kind of like right. kind of like when your when your elevator goes upward you kind of feel heavier so that that kind of idea right but you can never be stay at the same speed right because then you just go in stasis and you're not you're no longer getting pushed back right you'd have to continuously be accelerating wouldn't you yes right so so they just go faster and faster and faster and then just turn around <laughs> eventually and just come back well, sure, I don't know. Isn't that kind of the question from The Last Jedi that people have? Like, why is there a space race in Star Wars? Because they're just going in space. But, Timkey, would you continue to accelerate then? Like, ooh. So in The Last Jedi, when the First Order is chasing after the Resistance, and they say that, uh, you know, they're faster, they can't catch them, so they're just staying out of their reach, is it because they're just constantly accelerating? what's the difference between accelerating with engines or if there's nothing reacting against them, couldn't they just burst and then they would just keep going at that speed, right? You would keep going at that speed, but that's not the same thing as accelerating. Accelerate means change speed. Right. Okay. So they just keep going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster, but the smaller ships are just able to go faster and faster, faster and faster. Apparently. I guess. Yeah. So if you're, if your engines are on and you're in space, presumably you're accelerating in the absence of like planets and things whose gravity you're opposing. Yeah. We're assuming there's no other gravitational pull on it. Right. Like there's right. no planets that are pulling it in. So, so I, you guys, I, I got to jump off here in a minute, but I just had a really good idea for a future, like, you know, podcast topic that we can cover every podcast or every few podcasts the math of star wars the josh tim q like two minute analysis <laughs> so we go into like how fast would he have had to been traveling to get to you know this point this fast or something like that and then we just tim q dive dives into some advanced uh you know mathematical you're gonna have to figure out how many light years apart yeah. 
uh, places are. Uh, actually, Star Wars Explained on YouTube did a, a video about this the other day, and they said basically like the shortest jump that you can do. That they said that that's like uh, that's one of people's complaints about the Last Jedi. They're like, why didn't they just hyperspace jump in front of you know beyond the uh, like yeah beyond the the Resistance ship and then back in front of them or whatever. And they said literally with as little like as close as they were in front of them in order to make any kind of hyperspace jump. And they kind of calculated out like what the speeds were and what the distance would be. You would like wind up way far away and then trying to precisely navigate back to them. And like, I always said, like, they're like, Oh, why, why couldn't they just like go? And I was like, look, it's not a straight line. If they, if they jump, all the rebels or the resistance would have to do is just like slightly alter course and just keep going into space for yeah. a slightly different direction. Um, Juice Dirks has one more. Hey, wait, wait, hold, on, hold on, one second. One, one, one question for Tim Q here. All right, all right, all right. So I, I'm wondering, and maybe you can figure this out. And there might this answer may already exist on the internet. Like, how fast? How how long would it actually take? like a ship to accelerate to light speed so like the humans just don't get ripped apart by the g-forces so somebody can actually survive right because going from like zero to light speed in like three seconds you would just you couldn't survive the g right in 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 our universe the way we understand it (laughs) yeah it's easy it's an easy answer um (laughs) according to our current understanding of physics in our universe um, the answer is forever. No matter how slowly you accelerate or how rapidly you accelerate, we can never reach the speed of light. Okay, but let's say near speed of light, like within one, uh, one one thousandth, uh, yeah. you know, one one hundredth, whatever it is. Like how how, how long you go before you get ripped apart by the G force? Well, I guess the question more or less is like, let's say there was there was no, you know, physical constraints. Like let's say we developed a technology that could run a ship up to near light speed in like a second. But could a human a human can survive that because the g forces would just like kill you instantly. Sure, sure, yeah. So if you accelerate at say like five one g, forces. yeah, one g or something. one one g or five g's or something um, in a finite amount of time, you'll accelerate to say ninety nine percent of the speed of light. You'll never get to the speed of light, but you could get as close as you want um, given enough time. There's a formula for that. Um, I don't remember it off the top of my head and I can't do it in my head, but I can get back to you next week. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how unrealistic it is for like, you know, the Falcon jump light speed in a couple seconds. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find this. I, I know I read a couple articles a while ago, but back before like automobiles and stuff, uh, people used to think that if you reach like a certain speed, it would just kill you. And it was like an outrageously slow speed. Like they thought if you went like 70 a, miles an hour, yeah, like 70 miles per hour or something, it would just kill you. <laughs> but the earth's going faster than that around the sun, right? Yeah. Right. They thought it would just rip you apart. If you, <laughs> you just, you just start demoleculizing as you go forward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I got, I got to, I got to jump off. Sean, I got one more for you and we'll end the podcast. We can tell everybody where to find us and everything at juice Dirks once again. All right. Uh, he has one, and this is a pretty important one. So I guess I want you to kind of think pretty hard about this before you answer. But Juice asks, if you fart when you're being frozen in carbonite, it would obviously leave a bubble, right? But would it still smell afterwards? I mean, where would the... 
whatever the you know the methane the the rotten egg smell whatever it is where would that go if not i mean maybe it somehow has some chemical reaction with the carbonite itself and the smell dissipates hmm. or else where, where, where do the you know where do those molecules go if not where does the gas go yeah uh, it's, if it's not held <laughs> it's oxidized in some kind of reaction with the could, yeah it was, maybe the metal. maybe that's how you escape carbonite you just kind of keep far and somehow it slowly it breaks out down like the, <laughs> it rusts out the carbonite <laughs> just go butt first just kind of shimmy out of the carbonate like how uh, how many layers you gotta fart through before you know you start to thaw out of it so that's actually what happened when han was like breaking out he just let one rip and that was like his first one that had been like you know he'd been saving up for months and it just had this reaction like, <laughs> Maybe luke and leo were pressing yeah. buttons i was a, that you know they didn't actually do anything han farted yeah. himself out <laughs> the release of a butt plug is what leo was like. <laughs> <laughs> it was like just holding it in and then, it's like i can't i can't see anything and uh, it smells terrible that's what actually happened (laughs) that's what blinded him in fact that's the cause of the hibernation (laughs) sickness exposed to that much fart yeah i mean had leia not been wearing the mask i wish she wasn't at that time okay i think she's wearing the mask when he thawed out oh well that's why she survives right yep yep uh yeah no it's really because you guys know what causes pink eye right just just poop particles yeah a little, in your eyes so a bacteria a bad yeah. pink guy that blinded han because he was just trapped in there with all that with all that fart that's terrible <laughs> that was a really good question though yeah thank you thank you juiced maybe we should i should just reach out to juice personally and just have him supply us with the juiced question of the week yep that's a good plan the but, juiciest uh, question. The juiciest question of the week. I think our neck, our our new, uh, you know, icon on our podcast, or our little picture that is us, is this cross section, this anatomical cross section of a sarlacc that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, I want to get. I'm going to get this poster up and, and order it. It's pretty cool. There's a. Uh, let me sh- let me find this for you, Sean. Uh, at Galaxy's Edge. if i can find a picture of it they have a sarlacc there the real one yep a live one. Oh, here's a video of it hold on let me share this let me share this with, with you guys here i'll put I this do, on instagram i got a hard stop in about one minute baby sarlacc a doc ondar's den of antiquity <laughs> wait for it wait for it sean and it's like across uh, it's almost like an ant farm where you can see the rest of it like you can see its body down underneath in this glass jar and it has limbs and things yes it's everything it's like it's it's like a tremor but less scary and kevin bacon's not there yeah it does (laughs) they call them graboids i'm sorry they call them graboids graboids that's like a grab that's like the graboids distant cousin maybe that's how they got to earth Hey, possibly. All right, everybody. So we are the Talking Sith. I am Josh Roach. I'm Sean Sullivan. Tim Q. And Sean, uh, is there anybody uh, anywhere that anybody that wants to follow you on social media or anything should uh, look you up? Um, no, not really. Just this podcast. <laughs> anywhere this podcast is. Uh, if you want to follow Mr. Tim Q here, you should look up at Joshua Tim Q at Twitter. It's It's full of great tweets such as, how do I at things? Why is my picture just a silhouette? It's ripping. 
Look it up. <laughs> at Joshua Timke, T-Y-M-K-E-W on Twitter. Uh, hey, hey shout, out, shout out to my mom. Uh, hey, hey, mom. <laughs> hi, 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 Colleen. Hi, Colleen. Sean, uh, say hi to my mom. Hi, Colleen. <laughs> Timke made the claim a few weeks ago that Colleen's still a virgin. So she's a virgin in the force. That's good. That's a good time to end. I'll, I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. We are the Talking Sith Pod. You can find us across all social media platforms at Talking Sith Pod, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and email us your questions at talkingsithpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If you have any Star Wars math questions for Mr. Tim Pugh here, if you have any uh know questions that you want to have entered into a poll for the rise of skywalker let us know let us know let us know if you guys are interested in joining us for our viewing of the rise of skywalker interested in watching the roach edit or the tim q edit uh let us know there are <laughs> one hundred and thirty. can already watch the tim q edit <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are 137 days until star wars the rise of skywalker <laughs> When I pass from this world to the next When I am laid and my soul is put to rest My legacy will be there for all to see For how long after I am gone Will my deeds outlive me When all the deeds of my life Are played before my eyes what I see come as a great surprise. Life is short, the hour of death uncertain. I must confess my sins before they draw the final curtain. And legend mark me as a king of whom future generations will sing. Touched me not in my old age when my will. And strength doth fail Forsake me not Till I show forth thy arm To all the ages That are yet to come For in time shall they reveal That boys of my face Will become so will the golden age of Charlemagne Long after my reign, when all the battles have been lost and won, will this warrior make your memories still live on, live on, live on, live on? Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it. <laughs>